the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co-host, John Spees. And today, we have got two teammates, two trivia teammates who uh, met a long time ago, I think, doing a tournament back in uh, Trivial Warfare, and then they became good buddies, and they uh, worked together as a part of the Sinister Six, I believe. And this is exciting. We have, uh, in one corner... A man you've heard twice already on this show, hailing from those country roads, he'll take you home to West Virginia. I'm talking Scotty Too Hotty Barber. Hey, Scott, please uh, say hi to everybody again and anything else you want to mention about yourself. Adam, man, I need you as my hype man like everywhere I go. I need you like hanging around me being my hype guy all the time. That was awesome. Depending on the pay, I will do it. Uh, You got it. (laughs) Does it come with benefits? Of course. (laughs) Okay. Whatever, whatever you need, man. Blank check. <laughs> All right. And in the other corner, we have got a man who I believe I've heard on every single trivia podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> this man is amazing at what he does, and that is knowing more than you. And I'm talking about Jeffrey Seguritan. Hey, Jeffrey, please say hi and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Adam. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I am Jeffrey, as uh, Adam has introduced. I am from New Jersey. Uh, I work uh, in the pharmaceutical industry as an analyst, but I consider my full-time job, hopefully my work doesn't (laughs) know this, (laughs) to be trivia, which I do a lot of. I mean, uh, I feel like the quarantine times has even given me me more opportunity to uh, indulge in uh, playing lots of games and meeting lots of people in the trivia community. And, you know, who knows how long we'll be in this. Yes, well, well, we are honored to be part of your group of quarantined podcasts that you have jumped on and been a guest for. So, all right, well, uh, let's get started by learning the rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of ten questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If someone answers their question wrong, their opponent has a chance to steal. And the categories are... Movies, music, television, video games, sports, news and politics, fashion, technology, slang, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you have before answering a three-tiered question, which must have all parts correct in order to score the points. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that we know those rules, Jeffrey and Scott, I want to know y'all just a little bit better. Uh, We'll start with our new man, Jeffrey. What is your favorite podcast, besides Throwback Trivia Takedown, of course, uh, that you're listening to right now? I'm a big fan of uh, Hit Parade. 
okay. on uh, on Slate Plus. Uh, the guy who does it, Chris Melanfi, does a really good job at distilling uh, songs that hit number one, the context, the history, and I learn a lot from it. And it's good that I do since I consider music to be one of my weaker trivia categories. So uh, yeah, happy to to you know to listen to, to that podcast when it comes along. So definitely a sign of a good trivia person when they're studying up on their weak subjects. So very cool. All right, yep. Scott. Scott, what about you? I'm going to take all the trivia ones out of the equation here and go with uh, my favorite non-trivia podcast, which is Fake Doctors, Real Friends. It's um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison from Scrubs. They're doing a episode-by-episode rewatch of Scrubs. And then every podcast it's like they drop on tuesdays and thursdays is a recap of that episode from their perspective yeah with a lot of like insight to it and it's one of my all-time favorite shows and that's one of my must listens so yes i'm a big scrubs fan as well i was actually about considering to do a episode by episode breakdown of scrubs and then legitimately like two (laughs) days later i was talking to a buddy we're gonna get started and then Zach Braff and Donald Faison put out that one. It's like, well, now no one wants to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you both were it's wrong. Like a, I was just want to tell um, y'all completely wrong. The correct answer yeah. is the Blast from Our Past podcast that I do with my brother <laughs> as well. Um, but uh, of course, <laughs> those are of good course. answers. Uh, I do love Hit Parade and I love music. I love all that kind of stuff. But my adoration for Scrubs is right up there with anybody else. So Scott, that means you get to pick first in round all one. Right, sounds great. Round one. All right. So what category would you like to start us off with today? All right. Let's run down the categories real quick. One more time. You've got it. Them all down. Movies. Music. TV. News and politics. Fashion. Slang. Video games. Sports. Technology. And food. All right. Let's start off with music. Mm-hmm. And your decade is the 80s. The 1983 David Bowie song, Let's Dance, became a Billboard number one hit, and it includes a lead guitar cameo by what gone too soon all time great guitarist? I can hear the guitar in my head. It's a matter of gone too soon. Um, that leads me to think that Stevie Ray Vaughan. Is it Stevie Ray Vaughan? That darn helicopter. I hate helicopters now, but I do love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Good job. Wow, I actually didn't know that, but then when I was hearing my head with the clue, it was like, that sounds like a Stevie Ray Vaughan lick. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know either, I think, until we were um, talking about it at some point, and then, John, you dropped that knowledge on me, and then you kind of like... <laughs> Once you exactly once you hear the style, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that is a Stevie you're like, style. Oh, that's that that's that Texas roots uh, type of style that he's got. Yeah, yep. love it. Yeah, uh, that's great. All right, Jeffrey, it is your turn to pick a category. I'm gonna take movies. Movies. And your decade is the '70s. Okay. Pazuzu is the main antagonist in this 1973 horror film based on a 1971 novel of the same name by William Blatty. Blatty derived the character from Assyrian and Babylonian mythology, where the historic Pazuzu was considered the king of the demons of the wind. Okay, uh, this film is The Exorcist. That is The Exorcist. Good job. Nice. Good job, Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to Scott. 
Uh, Scotty Tuhati, what are you feeling? Let's go TV, please. Television. And your decade is the 90s. Friends ran from 94 to 2004, was a huge success. What was the name of the pet monkey that Ross had during the early parts of the Friends series? Oh, that was just in the first few seasons. What was his name? Give me just a second to make sure I got this right. Is it Marcel? It is Marcel. All right. Good job. Yeah, they just stopped stopped with the monkey. And I yeah, they gave him they gave him up yeah. like uh, in the second season. I That's think, right. Yeah, something like it. Yeah, there was like a, a heartfelt. I think he had a. Yeah, heart, he came back. Goodbye. Heartfelt goodbye. He came back. I think he saw him once, like maybe like season five right. or something. Yeah. Yeah, he checked in on him later, but yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Jeffrey, it is your pick for the remaining categories. I'm going to go for sports. Okay. What? <laughs> and your decade is the seventies. Seventies. Okay. All right. All right. In 1979, four teams from the World Hockey Association merged into the NHL, those being the Edmonton Oilers, Quebec Nordiques, and Winnipeg Jets, and also this now-defunct Connecticut-based team. That would be the Hartford Whalers. That is the Hartford Whalers. They had a really cool design. A lot of people I still see will like wear their jerseys because it's got a good, good whale tail. Yeah, it's got a great design with the mm-hmm. negative... Uh... H in yep. it. the negative space has the H and exactly. they used to play Brass Bonanza with the goal song. I love the way <laughs> All right, Scott, you gotta pick your category. Let's go with slang, please. And your decade is the eighties. Okay. All right, the eighties. We've got a question written by Jackie Lafave. Thank you so much, Jackie. Appreciate the help. All right. This phrase was first cited in the Chicago Daily Tribune in nineteen forty three with Ann Landers popularizing it in her advice column in the 60s. It became widely used by the general public and presumably a younger population in the 80s. You can even hear it when Principal Rooney says it to Ferris's mom over the phone. Its general meaning is to face up to reality or face the facts. Can you repeat that, please? I can. This phrase was first cited in the Chicago Tribune in 1943, with Ann Landers popularizing it in her advice column in the 60s. It became more widely used by the general and presumably a younger population in the 80s. You can even hear Principal Rooney say it to Ferris Bueller's mom over the phone. Its general meaning is to face up to reality or face the facts. Hmm. Wow. Trying to get get there through the Ferris Bueller clue. All I can hear is nine times. Nine, nine times. Nine, nine times. <laughs> um, a lot of in this between the Tribune and John Hughes. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know this. Let's uh, let's just guess face the music and move on. We are going to move on because it is not face the music. Yeah, Jeffrey, so. Jeffrey, you get to uh, a chance to steal this one. I don't know this. I'm just going to say you're an aardvark. <laughs> you're an aardvark. No, uh, the uh, exact quote from Ed Rooney. That's probably is right after your line of nine times. He goes nine times. Mrs. Bueller says, I don't remember him being sick nine times. Rooney says, that's probably because he wasn't sick. He was skipping school. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's mm. paradise. That answer okay. is wake up and wake smell, up and the, smell coffee. the coffee. Okay. All right. Wow. All right, no points awarded, but Jeffrey, you get to pick your category. 
Um, let's go with technology. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. John, you're being very choppy. Reminiscent of Sorry. 90s technology yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 90s tech. The first SMS text message was sent in December 1992. The message was a simple Merry Christmas. What does SMS stand for? I've heard this before, but it's very easy to get these acronyms mixed up, or I should say initialisms. Um, SMS. I'm going to say short messaging service. I will accept it. I have short oh. message service nice. as SMS. Good, good poll. Good poll, Jeffrey. Well done. All right, Scott, it is your call. And left we have news and politics, fashion, video games, and food. Let's go with news and politics, please. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. In 1992... What Category 5 hurricane killed 65 people and caused $26 billion in damages to Florida and other areas of the U.S. Gulf Coast and would be the U.S. costliest natural disaster until Hurricane Katrina came in 2005? I'm so bad at these. What is the name of that hurricane? Gosh. I'm just going to guess Louise, and I have nothing better, so. Louise would be a good hurricane if you're a fan of Bob's Burgers, because uh, <laughs> little Louise would be a wild one. But that is incorrect. Jeffrey, you get a chance to steal. I think this is Hurricane Andrew. It you is Andrew. Think you're correct. Right. Yes, it is. Doggone it. Hurricane job, Andrew. All right. He gets the ever-important steal, and you get yeah. to pick your own category, Jeffrey, between fashion, video games, and food. I'm going to go with Food. All right. And your decade is the 70s. <laughs> all right. I think I could hear that. Um, all right. 70s food. Introduced in 1970. What yearly fast food treat was originally lemon lime flavored, but has since changed to mint? Fast food treat. Lemon lime flavored. Changed to mint, you said? Correct. Mm. It's a fast food. Um, I'm not sure on this. I'm gonna just gonna guess the Shamrock Shake. The Shamrock Shake is correct. Oh wow! I didn't know that. I didn't know what it was either. But that was gonna be my guess. Yep. Good call. It's green. It's delicious. Uh, I can, I've only really had the mint version. I don't remember a lemon-lime version, but, you know, so it goes. All right. Scott, fashion or video games? What are you feeling? Let's go fashion. Okay. Afraid of the video games. Right, can, can you hear me? I mean, it's, yep. it is digitally awful, but yes, I can hear you. What's, what's, what's the decade? The decade is the 70s. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. 70s fashion. This world's largest cosmetic company founded in France started using its slogan, Because I'm Worth It, back in 1973. Hmm. Got a pick of two, and I got to figure out which one to pick. 
I'll guess L'Oreal. L'Oreal is the more French sounding because it is oh. correct and it's from France. Nice. So good job. You got it. All right. All right. And Jeffrey, you are stuck with video games. Yep. Andrew Duggate is the, the 80s. All right. This is the first game to feature synthesized human voices. It was released in <laughs> 1982 for the Intellivision home console. When you said synthesized human voices, I, it made me think of the tech issues we've been having. But uh, can you repeat that again? <laughs> yes. Yes. This is... The first game to feature synthesized human voices. It was released in 1982 for the Intellivision home console. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to go by on this. I, I never owned the Intellivision console, and video games is a weaker category of mine. Um, this is... What, what video game would have synthesized voices? Uh, Eighty-two, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say Galaga and move Gal on. Galaga is incorrect. Scott, you get a chance to steal. I have no idea on this. Um... But the hint at the beginning with the this is is going. I don't even know if this is a game, but I'm just going to guess Sparta because it sounds like that's the cadence for this is Sparta. That was the cadence for this is Sparta. The game Good is call. not just called Sparta. That's the problem. Uh, it is called Space Spartans. <laughs> so uh, that was that was the hint. You got on the hint, but you didn't you didn't know uh, the space. Yeah, Spartan. never heard of it. There you go. Okay. Space Spartans. All right, that is the end of round one. John, could you please give us the score updates? Jeffrey has 50 and Scott has 30. All right, 50 to 30, it is anyone's game. All right, as Scott picked for himself in round one, Jeffrey, you're going to pick for Scott in round two to start us off. Round two. Okay, I am going to pick fashion for him. <laughs> All right. And your decade is the 90s. All right. 90s fashion. Sex in the City debuted in 1998. Main character Carrie Bradshaw adored and obsessed over the creations from this Spanish shoe designer. Mm, I'll just guess Louis Vuitton. Get out of the way. Louis Vuitton right. is incorrect. Jeffrey, mm. you get a chance to steal. I, I, I've heard this before. I uh, What's it called? Um, I'm just going to say Morellis. Morellis is incorrect. You were slightly closer, though. No, uh, she loved this brand of shoe so much that Mr. Big proposed to her with a blue pair of Manolo Blahniks. Manolos. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. All right. Scott, you get a pick for Jeffrey. Let's go video games for Jeffrey. Yep. As he made that obvious that he was not a fan. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And his decade is the 70s. The 70s. In 1978, Carol Shaw was the first woman to program and design a video game. Developed for the Atari 2600, it was a digital version of what popular pen and paper game? Can you repeat that once more? I can. Yeah. 
1978, Carol Shaw was the first woman to program and design a video game. Developed for the Atari, it was a digital version of what popular pen and paper game? Or pencil and paper game? I'm going to guess uh, tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe is correct. Yep, good guess. Good job. The game was officially called 3D Tic-tac-toe. Okay. Jeffrey, you get a pick for Scott? Yeah, I'm going to pick Slang. Slang. And your decade is the 90s. Yep. The earliest known evidence of this handy word is found in records from a Google group in 1996. It is typically used as a verb, but sometimes a noun, and means an expression of embarrassment, dismay, or exasperation. Repeat that, please. Of course. The earliest known evidence of this handy word is found in records from a Google group in 1996. It is typically used as a verb, but sometimes a noun, and means an expression of embarrassment, dismay, or exasperation. Handy leads me to think that's facepalm. I'll guess facepalm. Handy led you correct, because it is facepalm. Nice job. Good job. All right. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Scott, now you got to pick for Jeffrey. Let's go tech. Go and tech. And your decade is the 70s. The world's first jumbo jet, the Boeing 747, had its first commercial flight on January 22nd, 1970. The plane was operated by Pan Am, and the flight traveled from New York to what country capital carrying 332 passengers and 18 crew members? Uh, can you repeat that once more? Of course. Please. The world's first jumbo jet, the Boeing 747, had its first commercial flight on January 22nd, 1970. The plane was operated by Pan Am, and the flight traveled from New York to what country's capital carrying 332 passengers and 18 crew members? Hmm. I'm going to say France. I'll let you say that another way. What country's capital? Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, Paris. <laughs> Paris. It wasn't clear from the wording whether you wanted to. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Paris is incorrect. Scott, you get a chance to, ski to steal. I was thinking this was... Somewhere south. Uh, I'll guess Panama. Panama. Uh, I had to say it that way because it's Pan Am flight, <laughs> but that is incorrect. Jeffrey was far closer. Uh, it is London from New York to okay. London. But yeah, makes sense. Tough question. I didn't really give a good hint in there, but don't blame me. I'm going to blame you all for not knowing it. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. And uh, Jeffrey, you get a pick for Scott. Yeah, I will pick. Let's see. Uh, left food. we have we have food, sports, news and politics, TV, music and movies. Go with food. <laughs> Go with food. Your decade is the nineties. All right. Made of a layered vanilla wafer, coated in caramel, peanuts, and rice crisps, and covered in a chocolate coating. This bar is the largest size chocolate bar produced by Cadbury in Canada. It launched in the U.S. in 1995, including an advertising campaign with the basketball player Shaquille O'Neal. But now it's basically all but discontinued in the U.S. Repeat that, please. Thank you. Of course. Made of a layered vanilla wafer coated in caramel, peanuts, and rice crisps, and covered in a chocolate coating, this bar is the largest size chocolate bar produced by Cadbury in Canada. 
It launched in the U.S. in 1995, including an ad campaign with the with the basketball player Shaquille O'Neal. But now it's basically all but discontinued in the U.S. Yeah, I've got nothing for this. Um, I'll just guess Cadbury Cream Bar. No idea. Cadbury. I would love a kid. I mean, I adore Cadbury yeah. cream eggs. Like if they had a whole bar. I love them. Oh yeah. I think they're great. Yeah. They are fantastic, but that is incorrect. Jeffrey Securitan, Jeffrey Securitan, you get a chance to steal. Oh my gosh. I cannot talk. Yeah. I'm glad this wasn't my question. Cause I, I don't know this. I'm just going to say King bar. King bar is uh, a good guess. Yes. Because uh, Shaquille O'Neal is big. He's kingly. Uh, yes. He is very large. The bar itself was called Mr. Big, the ah. Mr. Big bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I do think you can still find it maybe somewhere on some of those bordering states or bordering cities. Um, they had some varieties, included the Mr. Chew Big, Mr. Big Fudge, and Mr. Big with Maple. So, hmm. <laughs> there we go. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, you got to pick for Jeffrey. I'm going to go news and politics, please. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. In November 1986, it emerged that the White House had secretly sold arms to what country in an effort to win the freedom of U.S. hostages in Lebanon and then diverted money from the sales to Nicaraguan rebels known as the Contras? I'm going to say Iran. Iran is correct. The Iran-Contra affair is what it was well known as later. All right. Took that one, ran with it, and now you get to let Scotty Too Hotty run with something. Jeffrey, what do you want to give him? Um, let's see. We've gone through fashion, video games, slang, tech, food, news, and politics. So among what's left, let's go with hmm, let's go with music. Okay. Okay. And your decade is the nineties. In 1998, at 53 years old, Cher gained a Guinness World Record for being the oldest female solo artist to top the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the U.S. thanks to this song. I just talked about this last weekend with a friend of mine. We were running down. Uh, he He's not even a trivia guy. We were just uh, sitting uh, downstairs watching a UFC fight, and he brought it up. So weird that it's this is even coming up. Uh, the song was Believe. Do you believe in love? How to love? Yes, uh, that was a perfect rendition. Um, it was perfect rendition. It was excellent. It's so weird. Yeah, my buddy, not a trivia guy at all, and I hadn't seen him in months. And was down. He said, "Do you know that the oldest number one hit was by Cher at fifty three with Believe?" And I was like, "I really did. I appreciate you letting me know that." <laughs> yeah, you really appreciate it now. Uh, out of nowhere. That's, that's great. weird. It's funny how it works. All right. What do you want to give Jeffrey, Scott? Do you want to give him movies, uh, TV, or sports? Let's go sports. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. In 1996, the Rugby Tri-Nations Championship was created between the three largest rugby nations in the Southern Hemisphere. To date, this country has won the vast majority of titles, including the 1996 inaugural championship. Inaugural championship. I'm going to say New Zealand. The Tri-Nations is between South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. And New Zealand has won the vast majority of the Tri-Nations championships. Great job. And they also do the badass haka uh, at the start of their matches. (laughs) Love, love the haka. All right, Jeffrey, you get a pick for Scott. 
between um, movies and TV. Movies and I TV. Hope. So I guess, or think of it, which one do you want? And then not pick that one. I will give him TV. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. Okay. From 1970 to 1977, this actress played Phyllis Lindstrom on The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and she even got her own spinoff in 1975 that lasted two seasons. Hmm. Phyllis Lindstrom, Mary Tyler Moore Show. Gosh, I don't know that I know this. Um, I'll just guess Cloris Leachman. She's gone too soon. She just passed not too long ago. But yes, the answer is Cloris Leachman. Nice. Uh, I remembered her being on the show. I didn't know her character name. Yep. Or yeah, good pull. And with her just passing recently, that was my best guess. Yeah. So. Yep, makes sense. All right, Jeffrey, you've got movies to end us off. And your decade is the 90s. All right. This gas-powered WWF, then WCW, then WWE superstar made his feature film debut in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two, Secret of the U's, when he played Super Shredder. Thank you for giving him a wrestling question. (laughs) (laughs) Can you repeat that again, please? (laughs) Of course. This gas-powered WWF, then WCW, then WWE superstar made his feature film debut in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze when he played Super Shredder. Uh, When you say gas-powered, I'm going to guess... The only one I know that might fit that is uh, is Diesel or I think it's ah. Kevin Nash. <laughs> Diesel or Kevin Nash is correct. Good job. Well I'm done. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is the end of round two. John, could you please give us a scoring update? All right. Jeffrey pulled away just a little bit. He ended up with 90 and Scott has 60. Yep. Just a little way. But uh, you guys are going to have to put down your wagers for our final round. Final round! And in this final round, you can wager up to any or none of your points or anything in between based on this category, which is kind of funny because uh, we know that Jeffrey Sigurdin is not a fan. This category is video games. Okay. Adam, I'm sending you uh, my score pick now. I'll do the same. Okay. What you gonna wager? Gonna wager. Okay. I have (coughs) got the wagers in. Here we go. What were the best-selling home game consoles? This does not include handheld for each of our decades. It must be as specific for each brand as each brand had different different consoles. So, for example, the answer will not be Xbox... You cannot just say Xbox if it's the Xbox 360 or the Xbox One, if that makes sense. Okay, so you have to be specific to the exact console. So, what were the best-selling home consoles for each of our decades? Here are some hints. In the 70s, this console released in 1977. It is cartridge-based, and it sold 30 million units. In the 80s, this console came out in 1983. It is cartridge-based, and it sold 62 million units. And in the 90s... This console released in 1994. It is disc-based, and it sold 102 million units. And while Jeffrey and Scott are thinking about their answers, I'm just going to remind you all, check out our Patreon. If you guys are uh, interested in supporting the show or being on, that is your best bet to do so. 
And also, check out every episode of every show ever on the Blast From Our Past podcast, uh, as well as any of the other podcasts that are in the Beef Up Network. Listen to every single show. I promise you, you will have no more time in your life to do anything else, and that's worth it still. It's still that good. Can you repeat the years Of course. Again, please? In the 70s, uh, this console came out in 1977. It's a cartridge-based, and it's uh, sold in... Uh, sold for 30 million units in the 80s it was 83 cartridge based came uh, sold for 62 million units and in the 90s 90, 1994 and it's disc based it's 102 million units sold okay i think i'm ready same here okay all right scott as you were behind how about you tell us your answers all right i have zero confidence in the 70s so i'll go um backwards 90s i'm pretty sure that was the ps2 playstation 2 for the 1990s 80s i'm pretty sure that was the atari 2600 and the 70s uh since i didn't have 2600 for the uh, i didn't think it'd be both i guess ColecoVision. okay and jeffrey no i had none of those answers <laughs> for the 70s uh, and i might i may just have my my uh timing screwed up but i had um the Atari 2600 for the 70s, the Nintendo NES system for the 80s, and the PlayStation 1 uh, for the 1990s. All right. Now for the correct answers. In the 90s, coming out in 1994, the PlayStation 1. Correct. PlayStation, PlayStation 2 didn't come out until 2000. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. All right. In the 80s, cartridge based system. It's the one that so many kids, including myself, started on for my home gaming system. It is the Nintendo Entertainment System. Wow. Or the NES. Good job. I thought it would come out way later. And in the 70s, the Atari 2600. Wow, Jeffrey. That means Jeffrey, the man who did not know video games, nailed it on the head. Sweeps the category. Great job. All right. And what were y'all's wagers? Scott. How about you tell everybody? Well, it doesn't matter. Because I know it doesn't matter, but we have to but math, I, okay? We're going to finish the show properly, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> uh, I, I had no confidence in getting this, and it was a good thing I did, and I just bet zero. Bet zero, so, all right. And Jeffrey, what yeah. was your wager, even though it doesn't matter? Yeah, I wagered 30 points. I, I wagered for the tie in case he bet zero. <laughs> yep, I noticed that. All right, John, how about you mathematicize and what? Uh, let us know what happened. I with a final score of 120 to 60, Jeffrey is the winner. Yep. Nice job. Good yep. job, machine. Great job, that man. That is very good. Beat me in my own game. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so, no, so. I've been studying up ever since our first head to head match. Oh, <laughs> I've been nice. training like uh, Rocky. In, in, uh, <laughs> uh, you Rocky tuned me, yeah. that's for sure. Man. Yeah. He doubled you up, Scott. But yeah, for it's real. almost going to be a tie. And I was struggling to be like, okay, what am I going to do for the tiebreaker? Um, but didn't end that way. You got the final question, Jeffrey. So fantastic job. Uh, and, you know, for your uh, for your winning prize, you get to talk about whatever you want for the next, like, 30 seconds. You know, what do you want to mention? Or what do you want to plug? Or you just want to talk about how awesome Scott is? What Now is the time to do it. That's always a good choice. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to go back to when Scott and I first met because that was really the, the seed uh, for the creation of the the Sinister Six, which uh, you know, I, I love all those folks. Uh, you know, you know, you know Scott Barber, but we've also got Phil Sanford, Dan Lundberg, Wesley Wells, uh, Mike Cameron, and myself. Um, and you know, 
you know, we've got one of our own kind of struggling a bit um, health-wise. So I want to, you know, continue to, you know, send my best wishes, prayers and all that um, for just for recovery and good health or, or better health, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike's uh, put that out there for the world to know. Mike's not going through the best of times right now. And, uh, you know, we're all thinking about him, wishing him nothing but the best. So. Mm-hmm. All right. We are absolutely sending Mike our best from Throwback Trivia Takedown as well. For John, I'm Adam, and that was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com backslash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform you're listening to. And we'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.